Joe Flacco is on a hot streak. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs ruined Christmas for some people out there, I'm sure. And I think we have a new favorite for the Super Bowl this year. Welcome to another edition of It's a Football Podcast, brought to you by USA Today Sports. I'm Safi Dean, joined by Tyler Dragon. We're your NFL insiders with USA Today. Tyler, the Ravens win over the 49ers on Monday night, Christmas night. That was really eye-opening. Baltimore beat yeah. San Francisco 33-19 to in the Bay. A big win on the road for Lamar Jackson and his hopes to potentially win a second MVP, but... This one was all about the Ravens' defense, in my opinion. Four interceptions of Brock Purdy in that game. This was a big one. This was the matchup between number one seeds. You know, we thought it could have been a Super Bowl preview because of the fact that the 49ers have been so dominant this year. And to see them get dominated by Baltimore uh, was definitely something I didn't expect, Tyler. I didn't expect it either. I was shocked at what I witnessed. And, yes, you have to give credit to the Ravens' defense for enforcing five turnovers. That defense might be the best in the NFL, the way they're playing. And they don't really have a star pass rusher. It's just what they do collectively as a unit. It was very impressive to see that performance. And then I have to go on the offensive side, too. I mean, I got in an argument with some fans on uh, Twitter because I said Lamar Jackson proved that he should be the MVP with his performance. And I said that in the first half. And I think some people got misconstrued because I, I said that because not just his numbers. A lot of people say, well, he's not an MVP. You look at his numbers. Josh Allen has more touchdown passes to it and et cetera. But the way he controls the game and the way defenses are focused on him and the way he just manipulates the game, not even just his passing ability, the way he runs, the way he maneuvers in the pocket, the way he extends plays, he changes the whole game. The Ravens, even though their defense had that dynamic performance, they don't win with another quarterback. It's just the way that he impacts the game and it's not even just passing yards just every single snap you have to account for what Lamar Jackson is going to do because he can wreck your game in one play and score in one play whether it's passing and through his legs and that's why he is the most valuable player in my opinion this year in the NFL but the Ravens as a whole man going into the game I thought the 49ers were the most complete team in the NFL. And it's hard to argue that they still aren't on any given Sunday, but the way the Ravens can match up their physicality and then they have the ultimate X factor. And Lamar Jackson is the reason why I think that they're the best team in not only AFC, but the best team in all of football's offense. Well, we will talk about the best team in the AFC coming (laughs) up here shortly here, Tyler, but uh, Lamar's MVP case is a really compelling one when you think about it. Um, obviously, we're, we're we're definitely, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking here on, a, on on our, you know, Tuesday in this podcast. But Lamar has the best one in the season, in my opinion, over the you know the best team that was in the league, right? In the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Can you look just look at this roster that Lamar's playing with, man? Like Gus Edwards is still his number one receiver, uh, right? Running back, excuse right. me. Mm-hmm. Look at the receiver core you're talking about. He's he could win an MVP with washed Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman. Nelson Aguilar, 
who can catch some things every now and then. Uh, Isaiah likely a backup tight end, not even a starting tight end because Mark Andrews out for the season. And rookie Zay Flowers, who, you know, had nine catches in this game for a touchdown, but had, you know, didn't have any much of an impact their last game, which was a win as well, too. Um, I think, you know, 2019, he obviously had all the stats. He It was a breakout year for him. Um, this year, he has the most compelling case because not only is he doing it with that core of teammates, but, uh, you know, they have the best record right now. Um, mm-hmm. It's really interesting to see how this game next week for Baltimore is going to go against the Dolphins. We're going to preview that a little bit later in this podcast. But um, are the Ravens a clear-cut Super Bowl favorite now since they since they beat the 49ers, Tyler? They're the clear-cut Super Bowl favorite uh, to come out of the AFC. Now, I I believe if they match up against the 49ers again, the 49ers will have something to say. They'll be prepared, more prepared. You uh, don't expect Brock Purdy to <laughs> throw another four interceptions. You don't expect yeah. that defense to, you know, play as poorly as they did. And you don't expect the 49ers to get, you know, out physical in a game. So it, it's going to be tough, but the Ravens definitely, definitely the top team in AFC South. And then I know Miami Dolphins fans don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what did we learn about San Fran in this game, do you think? Uh, you know, for me, I, I think it didn't show a lot of times this season, but this was the fourth time, right, that, you know, you can either put it all on Brock Purdy or you can put it all on Kyle Shanahan. But one of them is bound to mess up, in my opinion. Um, and I think that's kind of their Achilles heel. Um, Brock Purdy is limited in what he can offer you as a quarterback. He's a great game manager. Um, and there's nothing wrong with being a game manager as a quarterback. That's another conversation with Cam Newton. But um, when you think about the the just how the 49ers win and how loaded they are, like Trent Williams was out in this game, came out of the game with the injury. Um, McCaffrey had a touchdown, but... Um, you know, Debo was kept quiet. Ayuk had a okay game. Um, Kittle had some big plays, but um, you know, for for the for Ravens to do what they did and to you know pick off Brock Purdy as much as they did um, and ruin the game from them in that standpoint, uh, you know, I I think it shows that San Francisco is not as unbeatable as we thought they are. Um, if you can get after Purdy. And slow him down. I mean, at the end of the day, he is the genesis of all of this. He has to get the ball to mm-hmm. McCaffrey and the playmakers. And if he's unable to do that, that's probably the only chance you have to beat San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree. You know, it's, it is interesting that the 49ers, they're one in three against AFC North teams this year. And the Bengals, they were able to spread them out and beat them with their star wide receivers when Joe Burrow was healthy. But when you look at the way they lost to the Browns and then the way they lost to the Ravens, both teams out physical them. They were the more physical, superior team. And the Ravens, they showed me that, yes, as long as you get after back Brock Purdy, make him uncomfortable, but also limit the yak yards. Christian McCaffrey was pretty much the only player and I towards the end of the game in garbage time were the only players that had a huge impact. And they got those impact by getting yards after the catch or getting yards after contact. But if you limit that, which is easy, way easier said than done, you have a short tackling team, you can contain the 49ers because Brock Purdy, yes, he's a game manager, but he usually does an excellent job of playing point guard, being able to deliver passes with accuracy and not turning the ball over. 
But if you make that point guard uncomfortable, then the 49ers offense is uncomfortable to watch, just like it was on Christmas night in Santa Clara. So we have three teams that are 11 and four sitting above the NFC right now. The Niners are still the number one seed because they beat the Eagles earlier this year. The Eagles are the number two seed after the Cowboys lost to the Dolphins. And the Lions are 11 and four, fresh off their first uh, division title in the NFC North uh, last week as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me just give you the schedules for the for those three teams the rest of the year. Only two games left, guys. Uh, San Fran's going on the road against the Commanders, then at home against the Rams. The Eagles are going to host the Cardinals, then visit the Giants, who they beat 33-25 to last week. And then we have the Lions. We're going on the road for a big matchup against the Cowboys on Saturday night, then finish the season at home against the Vikings, who they just beat 30-24 to to excuse me, last week. Tyler, I'm not sure if the, the 49ers will hang on to this number one seed. I think they're obviously the favorite because they do have the tiebreakers right now, how everything is kind of lined up. Um, but I do think that Rams game could give the 49ers some trouble at the end of the season because the Rams are kind of peaking kind of at the right time. Um, you know, Kyron Williams is back, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. One of those guys is going to torture you, if not both of them. And, uh, you know, the Rams, they, they have enough defense to maybe disrupt Brock Purdy a little bit. But, you know, the 49ers and Rams have played each other so closely you know, in the last couple of years that that won't be a cakewalk for them by any stretch of the imagination. I think the Eagles definitely have the easiest road. And if, you know, San Fran has another hiccup, they can take the one seed. But um, I think the Lions definitely have the toughest schedule with the Vikings uh, twice. Um, but it also I think they could be I, I think they might be better than Dallas and, and you know, Minnesota again, too. So I'm not sure how this number one seed in the NFC is going to you know play out. I think the 49ers went out, and I say that because we all know the Commanders is a glorified practice. They pretty much uh-huh. given up in their season. <laughs> they're ready. They're ready for Cancun, and and then when you when you talk about, I, I hear you on the Rams, but the 49ers have had the Rams number in the regular season. They pretty much dominated that matchup in the regular season, and I expect that to continue, especially at Levi's Stadium. Uh, the Eagles. Man, the scheduling gods were uh, in their favor to end of the season to say, like, I mean, they have some cupcake games at the end of the season. So I expect them to win out. And that's why I predict, predict them to win the NFC East. The Lions, whew, that game against Dallas, that, that that's the NFC game of the week. We already know what the AFC game of the week is. But, man, I cannot wait for that matchup. That's going to be a tough game. Dallas is an entirely different team. At home, they're seven and zero, I believe, at home, and they are terrible on the road. I think, three, believe three and five. So, I want to see how the Lions go up and play in a raucous environment when all the press clippings, everything is in their favor. They just won a division title, first time in thirty years. How are you mm-hmm. going to play when everybody's, you know, cheering for you and you're, you know, everything's on the high note? Because you, you've been allergic to prosperity before. So now you have it. What you going to do with it? Tyler, with a great tease to the Lions-Cowboys preview uh, that we're going to do here in a little bit. First, Tyler, let's talk about the, the Cowboys' loss, their fifth loss of the season all on the road this week to the um, you know to the Miami Dolphins, 22-20 to 20 on Sunday. You were there, right? I was there. I was there. Okay. And um, 
It was it was definitely the mid off, like we all imagine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, if you look at the Ravens and, and the 49ers as the top two tiers, you know, I think Cowboys and Dolphins was definitely like a a, a tier one A, maybe even like one B, and there's no one A. Um, but they are a, a class a little bit below both of those teams, in my opinion. Um, the Dolphins, uh, you know, had a big win. It's it's for them because they haven't beat a team with a winning record all season. Um, you know, some teams have become winning teams as the season has progressed. Like, well, I can't say that about the Broncos anymore. But, um, <laughs> you know, the Dolphins have been kind of itching at this narrative that they can't beat a good team all year. And so they kind of were really, really happy about the fact that they beat the Cowboys. Uh, they needed five field goals to do it. Uh, defense was kind of tight in that game. Um, even even Dak and the Cowboys struggled, but they got a touchdown with three minutes left in that game, only to lose to a field goal, um, you know, in the closing seconds. But uh, when I spoke to the Cowboys players in the locker room, they were already like resigned to the fact that they're going to be playing on the road in the playoffs this year. Like they're not giving the Cardinals or the Giants like any chance to beat the Eagles. Right. They, they kind of just know that <laughs> yeah, they, they were very realistic, which was very refreshing, you know. C.D. Lamb was like, you know, this narrative is strange, but true, end quote. Um, and Dak said something to the effect of, you know, well, we're going to go on the road, you know, to end the season. I think they play the commanders and then they're going to that's when their win streak is going to start uh, for road games because they're going to be into the playoffs. Very optimistic of Dak for sure. Uh, Mike McCarthy called them road warriors. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is this. uh I'm not sure how the Cowboys kind of limped to the finish line here after these two losses to the Bills and the Dolphins. This Lions game is a real big game for both teams. I think the Lions have a lot more to play for because the number one seed is in and, you know, has uh, potential is there. Um, you just won your division, yes. But at the same time, too, uh, you know, you don't want to give like Philly or San Fran a chance to, you know, host a home game if they if they slip up too, right? I think Detroit has a lot more to play for in this in this Dallas game coming up Saturday than the Cowboys do. Weeks ago, if I was the Cowboys, I wouldn't really mind getting that uh, fifth seed because that four or five playoff matchups seemed enticing a couple weeks ago before the Bucks just looked like an entirely different ball club. Uh, Very now, so. so I mean, the the fifth seed isn't at, as good as it was, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. But for for the Cowboys, I man. <laughs> I, I do like how they played in Miami. I, I'll say that they, they did look – their offense performed winning football. That defense left a lot to be desired, especially towards the end of the game. Miami's speed can hurt teams. We all know that. And it hurt Dallas towards the end of the game. And I have to give a shout-out to the Dolphins kicker. Five for five, Jason Sanders – he should be all, uh, I mean, special teams player of the week in the AFC for sure. But for the, the Cowboys, they got to figure out how to run the football. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but they miss Ezekiel Elliott to an extent because yeah. they miss that physicality. And they miss Tyron Smith, too, their star left tackle in that game, too. I think the mm -hmm. Cowboys will be fine. But when I look at the Cowboys ceiling, it's maybe winning a playoff game. Uh, at max getting to the NFC championship game, but I don't see them as super, a legitimate Super Bowl contender. They struggle too bad on the road, and their defense, it, it's hit or miss, and that's going to be a problem. 
Yeah, definitely. They can't run the ball. And the craziest thing is Tony Pollard had an open window to run into the end zone. And a Dolphin safety, Deshaun Elliott, just like grabbed him and pulled him away. And he was literally inches, inches from the ball crossing the line. On the next play, they hand it to their fullback, who had pretty good success on the first drive with a couple carries. And they fumbled the exchange between Dak and the, and the fullback. Um, you know, and they and they come out of the first drive with zero points and a turnover, which was, um, you know, kind of kind of eye opening when you think about it. The Cowboys came back and scored a touchdown on the next drive. CeeDee Lamb caught it and, and took it the distance, I believe like 49 yards or something like that. But they couldn't get CeeDee Lamb involved in the game in the second and third quarter because the Dolphins' defensive line just bared down on Dak. Um, if you want to talk about key defenders and key defenses, um, the Dolphins are kind of right up there with the Ravens and the, for- and the 49ers with their defensive front. And they're even missing one of their best edge rushers, and D- Jalen Phillips, who uh, tore his Achilles earlier this year. Um but the Cowboys, like you said, they've reached their ceiling, man. Like double-digit wins, good season. Uh, you know, it just so happens the Eagles are in your same division. So, you know, the, the, there comes some angst with that there. And the fact that you beat them is good. Um, but I think they know they're playoff bound for, for a road game. And you don't know which NFC South team is going to come out of it. Like the, the Bucks are going to play the Saints this week. You don't know which Saints team is going to show up. Uh, Baker Mayfield's won four in a row right here with the Bucks, But... You know, he's been bound for a bad game every now and then, too. So um, I think the Cowboys can definitely get the first win. Just are they going to beat the 49ers on the road? Are they going to beat the uh, the Lions on the road? Are they going to beat the Eagles on the road if they get matched up in the playoffs? I mean, they have a good chance, but not if their run game is kind of sour, like you said. Tyler, let's uh, preview now the Dolphins and Ravens game on Sunday because this is going to be the granddaddy uh, of them all for the AFC after yeah, it's the Rose Bowl, Bowl? last week, it's going to be. Yeah, <laughs> sure. But let's make it a Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl is one of the most beautiful stadiums in the country. If you guys haven't gone to that, you should definitely should go check that out in Pasadena. But um, Ravens and Dolphins in Baltimore on Sunday, 1 p.m. This is for the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, both these teams have a home game next week. So it's up to them to decide if they're going to go on the road at all in the playoffs or just stay at home, and then go to Vegas right after, right? I think both these teams, the Ravens and the Dolphins, I think they're going to meet again in the playoffs. This is definitely a nice little appetizer for both teams for sure. Um, I'm interested to see which Dolphins team shows up, but I'm also interested to see which 49ers team shows up because the game on Monday night felt like, you know, a Super Bowl and a message by them, and they've beat a lot of winning teams this season, and the Dolphins are just another winning team kind of in their path, but I'm interested to see which team shows up. Um, after that 49ers game because that was such a big game for them, Tyler. How, how do you think this this Baltimore and Miami game is going to come out? So you dropped a little hot take there. You said <clears> that <throat> the Ravens and the Dolphins are going to meet again in the postseason. So are they going to meet take, again in the take. championship game? That, I mean, is Patrick Mahomes going to be there? No. <laughs> oh. uh, you know, so is, uh, is, uh, is Joe Flacco on the Browns going to be there? I mean, I don't know. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Anything has happened for them. Uh, who else is, mm. is uh, Jonathan Taylor and the Colts going to be there or uh, CJ uh, Stroud and the Texans or, uh, or even your boy, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence going to be there in the, in the AFC title game. I don't know. Man, I think, it looks I think like that's a Ravens hot Dolphins conference to me. Th- that That is definitely hot take. What about the bills? You're forgetting about the bills. who the Dolphins are going to lose to in week 18, but I digress. Let's talk about they might knock them the out the playoffs week 18 too. <laughs> <laughs> so man, 
the Ravens, man, they surprised me a great deal. And the way that they play complementary football, we already know their special teams is stout because Harbaugh is a former special teams coach, Justin Tucker, Hall of Fame kicker. But offensively and defensively, they complement each other so well with their physicality and the way that if their defense creates a turnover, the offense is pretty much going to score. It might not be a touchdown, but they're going to score. And they just impose their will on teams. And I think they're going to be a little bit too physical for the Dolphins. The Dolphins like to beat you with their speed. You know what they're going to do. They're going to be a track team out there. The the loss of um, – why am I forget the receiver? Um, I'm Jaylen forgetting Waddle. his name. Jalen Waddle, yes. That's going to hurt because he has a high ankle sprain and he's probably not going to play. You still have Tyreek Hill, but the Ravens have the ability to shade to his side with Kyle Hamilton or a safety and mm-hmm. pretty much contain him. And then what are you going to do if you're Tua when you're without your second-best wide receiver? We all know Tua likes to predetermine his reads, even though that's your boy, Soffit. He likes to predetermine his reads. He's either going to go to Tua, I mean, to Tyreek Hill or Waddle. And if they're not open in the spot, he gets happy feet and panics a little bit. And that's going to be an issue. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) You know exactly what I'm talking about. With the Ravens, they're going to try to take that first read away and force Tua to make a second and third read. And that is a recipe for disaster for the Dolphins, and that's why I think the Ravens, they're going to win this game because they're the more complete football team, and they're better defensively, too. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, the Dolphins' defense has definitely showed up in recent weeks. Um, their D-line is atrocious from how they just attack quarterbacks. Like, like Christian Wilkins is an animal. Um, he's bothering everybody in sight. sight. They have a backup D-tackle, Zach Sealer, who's, like, pretty much starting now. Um, former Ravens player, by the way. Um, and he's just kind of getting after it as well, too. Bradley Chubb has double-digit sacks, and he's kind of been a really good return on investment for them after they made that trade last year for him with the Broncos. Um, and also Andrew Van Ginkle is a, is a really standout player for them, too. They're going to have to catch Lamar. Like, you spoke about happy feet. Like, you know, nobody has happier feet in the league than Lamar Jackson does. Um, they're going to have to try to chase Lamar Jackson down in this game. But at the same time, too, I mean, you look at the back end of the, of the Dolphins' defense, Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey are two of the best corners in the NFL. Um, I, I, I like their chances defensively against Lamar. I like their de- – I mean, especially when, like, it's Rashad Bateman and it's just safe flowers <laughs> and it's washed up. Xavier and Howard still? I mean, a couple years ago I would give you that, but yeah, I don't know. You got to he, – he's all right up there. He, he's got Jalen Ramsey on the other side, so he's okay. He has, has had some plays go against him last week, too, but – um, I think on the back end, they're okay, man. They, they're, they're kind of, you know, they, they lost uh, Jalen Phillips, like I said, their star D-tackle, uh, DN. Um, Jerome Baker, linebacker, is dealing with a knee injury. They hope to get him back for the playoffs. And Javon Holland is their standout safety, who hasn't played in a couple weeks after he uh, returned to pick six on Black Friday against the Jets uh, with a knee in, with knees, injuries to his knees, both of them. Um, so if they can get Holland back, that'll probably be helped them out a lot because they can definitely use him as a spy against Lamar. Um, but like you said, uh, without Jalen Waddle, Dolphins are probably going to try to run the ball more, and the Ravens are not probably a, a, an opponent you could run the ball really well against, um, especially if, the, if you're the Dolphins. 
Raheem Mostert has, you know, tied with McCaffrey for the most touchdowns in the NFL. Um, you know, he's good in certain areas of the field. The Dolphins are going to try to get out the outside the numbers, and Patrick Queen is going to be right there waiting for them, you know, sideline to sideline. So this one's going to be a will of wins. I will say this, though, Tyler, and I'll remind you, you, you remember what happened the last time, too, it was in Baltimore, right? So I, I'm going to say this. The Dolphins run a similar offense as the 49ers. They have a similar offensive scheme. The Dolphins are faster. The Dolphins are faster, but they're less yeah. physical. So that does not bode. The 49ers. That's debatable. That does not bode well. <laughs> <laughs> that does not bode well for the Dolphins. Now, the the Dolphins, I mean, and it could the weather might not be great that game either. That affects speed too. But I like how you're repping a hometown team. I hope you Got pick to. the Dolphins in this game. Um, the Ravens are my uh, secondary hometown team. You know, graduated <laughs> from Howard, so you know I got got to rep them a little bit. All so right, we'll so see. you're not a Commanders we'll fan. See. You're 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 a Ravens fan. Who are the Commanders? Are they, are they a professional <laughs> football team? <laughs> so uh, I would like to know that Tua had six touchdowns the last time he was in Baltimore. Tyler didn't like to. When was uh, that? That was uh, week two last season. Okay, so both last teams season. have come really really far from that point um but i will say this too about the ravens that um this there's something that didn't show up in these games that they've had against winning teams you know they beat the lions they beat the seahawks obviously the 49ers win was big they beat the jaguars earlier earlier this year beat the Bengals uh, twice including with joe burrow okay good good wins all around for the ravens there, there was this little hiccup that they had last year that kind of showed up late in games where they would have a lead and they were kind of all tense up, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it showed up when they played the Dolphins beat two last year, um, where the Dolphins came back and scored 28 in the fourth quarter. Tua had four touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and they lost 42 to 38. We haven't seen that from the Ravens so far this year, where they kind of tighten up and get tense and things like that. I think they've kind of bared down defensively and they figured out enough of offense to definitely get it going. I think that kind of comes up in this game, though, Tyler. I think, and you can't even say that about the Dolphins, too. Mike McDaniel is kind of leaving points on the field at one point in every single game this season. Um, you know, if this is an opportunity for him to not make a bad decision and and kind of, you know, take three instead of zero, uh, this is definitely the game to do it, too. But I'm interested to see who's going to win this game. It's a huge, huge game, a lot of implications. Both these teams are either, you know, one of these teams are either going to be staying home for the rest of the year, then going to Vegas, or uh, they're going to have to go on the road for the AFC title game. And, you know, anything's kind of up in the air at that point. Um, but I think these are the, I think both these teams are going to make it to the AFC title game. This will be a nice little preview for that for sure. And it'll decide where the game will be. So uh, I, I hate to break any news, Safid, but this is where I disagree with you. And I disagree with you. That's the breaking news is the, the Ravens. They actually had had some hiccups that last season kind of flared his ugly head. You know, their three losses against the Steelers and uh, Browns and Colts, they had four quarter leads in and they just collapsed. And even against the 49ers, there was a moment there where it was like, hold up, are they really about to choke this game away? Because the 49ers got within two scores, but then they kind of, Figured things out like, no, we're not going to choke this game away. We're not going to collapse. We're going to put our you know, foot on their necks and get this game and get this win. 
And so they showed me that they can win these big games. And even in the moments where the teams are trying to rally back, they can make a big play and take back control of the game. And I think that's going to bode well for them moving forward, especially in a postseason, because they have not had a lot of postseason success, hardly any, with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. And so against Miami at home, I, Lamar Jackson remembers that game. And I know you know where Lamar Jackson's from too, right? He's from South Florida. So he mm-hmm. gets up for these games. Yeah. Ravens big. Ravens big. He'll definitely get up for it, but I'm glad you proved my point. There, there is going to be a point where the Ravens tense up in this game for sure. Tyler, let's do some quick hitters around the league real quick. We'll just touch base on what's kind of going on. We obviously love to be really enamored with the top of the divisions and and the conferences and see how things are going to go and unfold. But, man, the Cleveland Browns are showing me something with Joe Flacco here. 36-22 win over the Texans last week. C.J. Stroud was out with a concussion for the second straight game, but Amari Cooper lit it up, 265 yards, two touchdowns on 11 catches. Flacco had 368 yards. I believe he's 3-0 and right now as the Browns. No, sorry. He has a loss. Has a loss, but 3-1 and as the Browns starter. And the Browns are 10-5, and man. 10-5 and and in the playoff mix. Uh, Tyler, when you think of Bengals, Steelers, uh, you name it, you know, with the backup quarterback situation this year, the Browns, the Vikings in, in that category as well, too. The Browns have come up on top and somehow, some way, Joe Flacco still has some juice left, man. Yeah. Shout out to Joe Flacco. But the Browns are the, the team with the backup quarterback who's a Super Bowl champion. And so, you know, he knows how to keep things afloat. And he certainly has. But shout out to Amari Cooper too, franchise record, single game receiving yards. That Browns defense is one of the best in the NFL. So they have the recipe for success and is, um, you know, put, can have some success in the playoffs, too. Damn, Patrick Mahomes. What's going on with you, man? I mean, this is just another opportunity for Tyler to repeat the same thing he's been repeating all season long. But just the way that they lost to the Raiders is incredible. Just two turnovers, return for touchdowns. I mean, the Raiders didn't even score an offensive touchdown in this game, I believe, right? No. I'm looking at it right now. They haven't even scored on offense. To to lose to a team like that, 20-14, to Um, absolutely incredible display by the Raiders in their last two games when they whooped up on the Chargers and beat the Chiefs. But um, Patrick Mahomes and and the Chiefs are in trouble, man. Um, They're not going to miss the playoffs. Like, they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, They're going to win their division. They got a big enough lead. Even if they lose the next two games, I think they'll be okay. But Chiefs aren't in good shape, Tyler. This is the worst Chiefs offense we've seen in the Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes era. And go ahead, I teed you up. What's wrong with the Chiefs? The Chiefs played an entire game with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, the best quarterback in football, and they lost to a Raiders team with a rookie quarterback who finished the game with a total of 62 passing yards. Nine nine completions, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. A 50.3 rating. What are we doing? The Chiefs are doing a disservice to Patrick Mahomes, and it's starting <laughs> to affect this play. I mean, stop it. Maybe you and I can go play receiver for the we Chiefs. We could definitely run some routes out there for, for Mahomes. We, got, I, we may not be able to separate. I might be able to push off somebody a little bit. <laughs> but, oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm going to just line up they, off sides, you know? Yeah, and, and, I mean, we might be able to block better than those tackles, too. Mm. I mean, 
I know they gave a lot of their money to Patrick Mahomes, but over the offseason, um, they need to be drafting some skill position players, primarily at receiver and maybe even another tackle so they can help out that porous offense. Because Patrick Mahomes, he's just running for his life out there and passing the football to people who cannot even get open. It, it, it's, it's sad to see. It's very sad uh-huh. to see. I, I had a thought I wanted to text you and I didn't, so I was saved it for the podcast. But uh, whenever T. Higgins is available, I would go get him if I was Kansas City. That <laughs> it's funny you said that too, because I've been thinking that all off season. <laughs> T. Higgins should be their number one target. And now I don't know how like T. Higgins is gonna get a, a huge payday. I don't know if yes, the Chiefs have money. Maybe he takes a little bit of a discount to uh, play with the Chiefs, but uh Knowing T. Higgins and knowing his agent, he's going after that bag. <laughs> I would, I would agree. So, I mean, I don't, you know, he already killed Devontae Adams' money. He won't get what Jamar and Justin Jefferson get, but he might be right in the wheelhouse for the Chiefs, in yeah. my opinion. <clears throat> I, I, I would, I would. <laughs> Chance to play with to go to Super Bowls, play with the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, you already played with Joe Burrow, definitely a top five quarterback. To go from Joe Burrow. Yep. Patrick Mahomes, that can do wonders for your career. Uh, let's talk about a game that nobody really talked about on Sunday night, man. Patriots at Broncos with an upset, 26 to 23, after a game winning field goal by Chad Ryland. Um, man, this game was crazy on a number of fronts. One, NBC was like, This game's so bad, we already won it on our channel. Go put it on your <laughs> own channel, NFL Network. Uh, but the way that the Bron- Broncos lost this game. Fell to seven and eight, kind of on the edge of the playoff mix when they really were climbing. Um, it was a bad loss for them, but I think it was a bad win for the Patriots too, man. I mean, they're four and eleven right now, and according to Tank Tankathon, excuse me, the Patriots are in line for the number four pick now. They would have lost; they would have been kind of in the number two range. So, man, Bill Belichick just messing up the draft stock for the Patriots on his way out the door, huh? Savit, I'm not going to lie to you. During most of this game, this was on Christmas Eve, I was driving around trying to find food for dinner for my wife and I. <laughs> and so I was like, there's no way the Broncos are going to lose this game. The Patriots are reeling. They're looking forward to the draft. And I get home, and it's a, a nail-biter. The, it, it, uh-huh. <laughs> like, and the, it was a must-win for the Broncos for them to, you know, keep their slim playoff hopes alive. I these are two bad teams, but the Broncos, shout out to Sean Payton's been able to, you know, rectify the situation, try to make it salvageable, but that it's just delaying and inevitable. The Broncos aren't a playoff team either. The Patriots are damn sure not. But yeah, their draft status now, they might not be able to get to one of the top two quarterbacks in this year's draft. But I don't know. They might because are the Bears going to draft a, a quarterback with their top? No, pick? the Bears are going to trade again. They're going to make a trade again. Yeah, see. <clears throat> Tyler, let's talk about the uh, eight and seven. It's it's. I don't know if it's good to be eight and seven or bad to be eight and seven at this point in the season. But when you look at the standings here, you got the Jaguars hanging on by a thread with the number four seed and the lead in the AFC South. But right behind them is the Colts and the Texans, both at eight and seven. Um, and you also look at the standings as well, too. The Steelers and the Bengals are at eight and seven, kind of flowing around here. A lot coming out, uh, you know, a lot at stake in these next two games for all these teams. Tyler, which which team is going to make it? Which team is going to win the AFC South? 
and which other team is going to make it into the postseason mix? The Jaguars should win the AFC South. I want because of just the the story and just the season that they've had. I want the Houston Texans to win the AFC South, but the Jaguars should. Uh, when it comes to those last teams making the AFC playoffs, definitely the Bills are getting in, along with the Browns. And I'm going to say the Texans, just because I like their story. And C.J. Stroud supposed to be coming back this year. Hopefully he's back from a concussion. Yeah, hopefully he's back. Has missed the last two games. I agree with you there. I think the Colts have played good enough this year without Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor, most of it. Um, took a bad loss at the Falcons last week, but um, you know, I, I think the Jaguars and the Texans make it. Um, I think the Steelers kind of fall out of it this week when they go to Seattle. And um, I mean, it's, it's, can you bet against the Bengals in, 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 uh, in Kansas City this week? Do, do you think the Chiefs are going to beat the Bengals this week? If the Bengals were healthy, and I'm talking about with Joe Burrow, with DJ Reader, I would have the Bengals. The Bengals with might be the Super Bowl favorite if they're healthy, yeah. But the, the they have just been depleted by all their injuries, and I feel bad because Definitely. the Bengals have one of the best rosters when healthy in the NFL, and the injuries are just too much to overcome for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at the NFC side of things, the Buccaneers are 8-7 and seven right now with the lead in the NFC South, but they will host the Saints who are 7-8 and eight and at the 11th seed right now. Um, but when we look at the rest of the standings, the Rams are 8-7, Seahawks 8-7. Both two teams are the last two teams right now in the playoff mix. Vikings on the edge, Falcons, Packers, and Saints all at 7-8, and eight, man. Who, who's going to win the NFC South, and who's going to make it into the playoffs in that conference? The Saints should be the NFC South favorite. They went into the season with the the best roster. However, they're not going to win. Uh, The Bucs are going to win the division, and that's a testament to Todd Bowles, Baker Mayfield, and their entire uh, uh, staff because they've they've exceeded expectations this year, as well as the L.A. Rams, who are going to be a playoff team. We're going to have at least one L.A. team in the playoffs. Sean McVay. Yeah, Sean McVay deserves Coach of the Year consideration for what he's been able no, no, he to do with that Rams. Yes, for that Rams roster, yes. So to answer your question, the Bucks are going to win the NFC South. Um, and then Dallas is going to be a wild card team. The Rams are going to be a wild card team. And the Seahawks, two Seahawks. NFC West teams. Yeah, I think the I think the Vikings are gonna flame out. I think I think the Falcons are gonna flame out. They need a new coach, by the way. The Packers seven and eight. I think they're gonna beat the Vikings this week, but I think they're gonna be on the outside looking in as well. Um, I agree. The Bucks are gonna beat the Saints. Uh, Derek Carr is just like it's mind blowing how much they struggle with Derek Carr quarterback. Um, you know, just things are not connecting at some point. Although Derek Carr hit a mean Dougie in Los Angeles last week. I know you saw that on Thursday night. Um, <laughs> oh, my but I think, goodness. Man, I think Jameis Winston might be better as a scene. Why, Why doesn't right Jameis now. Winston get any snaps? Uh, yeah, because Derek Carr has like an $80 million contract. That's why. And Derek Carr won't Derek allow Derek Carr it. got tapes on somebody. Derek Carr had a foot and a shoulder and a concussion in a week before he played the next game still, man. Still played the next game. <laughs> Um, but I do like the Rams. The Rams got healthy at the right time. I don't think Sean McVay is a coach of the year candidate, though. I think Dan Campbell definitely has that locked up, um, in my opinion, even more than Kyle Shanahan. Um, but Kevin Stefanski, probably 
Probably the best one. If we're going to give Mike Tomlin all the credit for what he did with the Steelers, you got to give Stefanski even more credit because they're two games up on them. What about D'Amico Ryans? That's a nice turnaround, too. But the, the I mean, the Lions were in a deeper, darker place, right? Weren't they? They were, yeah. you know, they were turning around. Then they were 3 13. Yeah. 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 You usually get it after you turn it around. Yeah. Yeah. Winning division for the first time in 30 years. Yeah. I, I agree. I but D'Amico Ryans deserves some love, too. Definitely, definitely. Tyler, let's get into my favorite part of the podcast is our picks of the week. We got a, a lot of big games coming up in week 17. It's the second to last week of the NFL season, Tyler. Where has the time gone, man? I know. I still remember the first week podcast. Do you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Tyler, let's get things off right with the Saturday night Main event, we got the Detroit Lions going on the road to face the Dallas Cowboys at AT&T Stadium. The Cowboys are the only team in the NFL that are that is undefeated at home. They're 7-0. All their losses, however, have come on the road, um, including their last two losses to the Bills and Dolphins. While the Lions just clinched the NFC North for the first time since joining that division, I believe that was in 93. Um, really cool to see Dan Campbell was part of that winless team. Um, I believe that was 08, right? I believe that was 08. And then uh, they were 3-13 and and won his first season. And now they dominated the NFC North and uh, are looking at the top three playoff seed. Uh, Tyler, Lions at Cowboys Saturday night. Who you got, man? If this game was in any other location outside of Dallas, I would pick the Lions. But this game is in Dallas, and the Cowboys act like that they are unbeatable in Dallas and very beatable uh, everywhere else. So I'm going to pick the Cowboys begrudgingly because the Lions are playing better football and they're the better, I think, team overall. But the Cowboys are going to bounce back this week. So you're picking the Cowboys. I'm going to pick the Lions in this one. <clears throat> I think they I got like too it. much of a yeah. They got too much offensively going on um, that that would be a little bit too much for Dallas to stop. Um, Jamar Gibbs and David Montgomery. That's the two headed monster. Um, that they're going to rely on. I think Micah Parsons is going to wreck the game a little bit for Jared Goff, but. Uh, Sam Laporta and Amon St. Ross, St. Brown, excuse me, Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown, um, mm-hmm. the only guy in the NFL with four names, and one of them is two <laughs> letters. But I think, uh, you, know, you know, I think Detroit has too much offense in this game. Um, this one's going to be like in the 30s. I think they're going to trade blows. Mm-hmm. I think CD's going to have a big game because um, he was a little upset that he didn't get the ball much, um, you know, in the game last week in Miami. Um, I don't know if Tony Baller is going to score anything because they don't have a run game, but I'm taking Detroit in this one, Tyler. This is the only game that I hope you're right and I'm wrong. (laughs) Tyler, we got a big game uh, in the AFC, at the bottom of the AFC standings. Um, We got the Las Vegas Raiders going on the road to uh, face the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are 8-7, Raiders are 7-8 but they beat down the Chargers and the Chiefs in the last two weeks. Uh, This could be a get into the playoff game, or I got to look out for my seating and the draft uh, and and where I'm going to be picking in the draft, uh, you know, come April. But I don't know. I don't know. The Raiders are, like, playing themselves out of the draft, and I think they have (laughs) a chance to win this game, man. I'm going to take the Raiders on the road in Indy. Um, I think they have nothing on offense after (laughs) blowing up the Chargers. But uh, I think they figure something out. I, I I like the Raiders in this one. So they figured out just to run the ball. Uh, 
and not throw the not throw it with Aiden O'Connell. I think that's what they figured out. Play solid, and, and, standout and, defense, and like Devontae Adams not even on the team, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think th- th- this is a tough game. I will say this: Antonio Pierce deserves the head coaching job with the Las Vegas Raiders. However, yes, the Colts are playing for their playoff lives. They're at home. I got Indianapolis, but that still does not. That shouldn't deny Antonio Pierce the head coaching job of the Las Vegas Raiders. I agree. I agree. Tyler, we spoke a little bit about this game here um, in the NFC South. We got the New Orleans Saints going on the road to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Saints are seven and eight. Bucks are eight and seven, holding on to the lead in the division and coming off a four game win streak. Uh, Tyler, I'm riding with the Bucks on this one, man. I think Tampa Bay, uh, you know, we. I don't know who forgets, but uh, this was a Super Bowl team a couple years ago. They still have a lot of those pieces. Baker Mayfield has fit in well, really well with Tampa Bay. They have enough offense to kind of get going. I think Mike Evans has a good game. I think Rashad White has a good game. And uh, I'm not sure who has a good game for the Saints. Uh, Kamara's been hit or miss. Olave's been hit or miss. And that's really because of Derek Carr, too. So I'm taking Tampa Bay in this one. The Saints are one of the most inconsistent teams in the NFL, and that's primarily because you don't know what you're going to get from Derek Carr, whether he's going to throw interceptions, whether he's just going to hold the ball too long. And he gets happy feet in the pocket too. When there's pressure on Derek Carr, he's an entirely different type of quarterback. And the Bucs, they're quietly playing some of the best football in all the NFL right now. I got the Bucs winning comfortably. Tyler, this is this is for uh, Buffalo's chance to go into the playoffs, man. This is for Buffalo's chance to get into the playoffs. They already lost to the Patriots once this season. Can they do it again? Uh, the the Patriots are going to go on the road and play in Buffalo Sunday, one p.m. Uh, the Bills are hanging on to a playoff spot at this point right now, but it's going to be interesting to see if they can really hang on to it. Uh, we saw the Patriots go on the road to beat Denver last week, and um, I think no team has probably played Buffalo tougher. Um, but I still think Buffalo has enough to kind of get this done. This will be a closer than uh, than Buffalo's comfortable having it, but I'm going to take the Bills in this one, uh, although my little Dolphin heart wants to see the, the Patriots win. The Patriots had a good victory last week, a confidence-boosting win that should boost the morale in that locker room, but they're going to lose to the Bills. Stop it. I'm sorry. The Bills, <laughs> the, the Bills are a better team. Uh, Josh Allen said uh, – after the you know victory over the Chargers that they've been playing with their backs against the wall, uh, you know to finish out the season and they're eyeing the playoff berth. So yeah, I, I got the Bills, multiple well, touchdowns. I'll, I'll be honest with you. You told me that the Bengals had no chance against the Chiefs, so we ended up picking the Bills game. But uh, I don't think it's multiple touchdowns. I think it's like win by three. No, nah. at at least by fourteen. Wow. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll do a dinner bet on that one. We'll do a dinner bet on that one. Uh, dinner bet? No, no. No. Okay. Ten. At least two scores. Ten. At least. Ten. <laughs> no. You. You said fourteen. Man. You can't walk it back. You can't walk it back now. You can't walk it back. <laughs> Tyler, the game of the week. We got the Miami Dolphins going on the road to face the Baltimore Ravens. The number one seed in the AFC is on the line, and this one home field advantage throughout the playoffs is on the line. Ah. <sighs> Stop it. You have to you have to pick the Dolphins. I'm picking the Dolphins. I'm picking the Dolphins. Okay, I think two two will lice it up. Jalen Waddle's not gonna be there, but uh I think they're gonna have enough in the run game with Raheem Mostert and Devon A chain. 
and Tyreek's going to run behind everybody. I'm going to take the Dolphins in this one. Um, I'm not very confident, but I'm going to take the Dolphins <laughs> in this one. I Tyler, love, who you got, I, man? I am so happy that you, you know, you <clears throat> spoke from your heart and you picked the Dolphins. Standing on business. Standing yeah, on business. Especially because if the Dolphins somehow win this game, you're going to text me to just annoy me. So, like, oh, just pick the Dolphins. Yeah. So just it's, it's pick, pick be like they win the Super Bowl. It's like they won the Super Bowl <laughs> there with this game. I, you know, th- this is a purple ball, and the purple's for the Ravens. Stop it. The Ravens are going to win this game because they have a more complete team. They're the healthier team, even though they're running back. Uh, they're really good running back. It's out. I'm not, not, I can't even say they're the more healthier team. They're just the more complete team. Stop it. And they have the best quarterback, arguably, in the NFL, the MVP. In Lamar Jackson right now playing at a high level, Ravens by at least seven. This is either going to secure the the MVP for Lamar, or it's going to be the last little case for Tua to get it. Tua's not in the running. Stop! I'm sorry. Tua is, bro. Look at the stats, man. Look at the no, stats. Tua, Tua's not in the Tyree kills in the running, not Tua. When you when you're looking for Lamar Jackson stats uh, all this year, the quarterback stuff, look above them, and and Tua's stats are there. He's not. Sorry to stop it. Sorry. <laughs> Tyler and I will settle this uh, this debate. Well, the Dolphins and Ravens will settle the debate for us, but we'll continue it on next week here on It's a Football Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Next time we speak, it'll be a new year. So happy New Year's to all you guys out there. Hope uh, next year brings, you know, life and health and prosperity to all of you guys and uh we hope to uh still talk to you again next week and next year